Hi, I'm Brandon Poe, founder of Poe Group Advisors. We are the premier accounting practice intermediary firm in the industry. You're listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan podcast, where we talk about stuff in the accounting world. Thank you for joining today. I'm really excited about our guest. We have Amy Vetter. Uh, Amy Vetter is an engaging keynote speaker, corporate board member, and CEO of the B3 Method Institute and Drishtik Yoga. Amy is also an influential contributor to Inc. and Entrepreneur.com. She offers a unique perspective as a CPA and yogi who specializes in technology innovation to inspire business professionals to transform their careers, companies, and lives. Um, Based on the unique combination of her work-life experience and thousands of hours guiding business leaders to be successful, Amy has authored the book Business, Balance, and Bliss, How the B3 Method Can Transform Your Career and Life. In her book, she has created a methodology backed by scientific research on how to live a more authentic, engaged, and fulfilled life. She shares this message more broadly in her award-winning TEDx talk, Disconnect to Connect, the Path to Work-Life Harmony. Uh, Welcome, Amy. Thank you. Happy to be here today. Yeah, this is exciting. Uh, Such a different um, sort of um, topic for most CPA podcasts. Um, (laughs) You know, the the yoga, um, I've been following your career sort of been following you on social media for a while and you've had quite a few twists and turns, um, in the past decade, I would say, or maybe a little bit even more. Um, but we'd like to get to know you a little better. Just, um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself personally and about your background, just some history and and how you, uh, how you chose the accounting profession. Sure. So, Uh, I actually chose the accounting profession uh, very early on in my life. Uh, My grandfather was a CPA, and he was a CPA in the 1930s. And I heard many stories about him and how he ran his practice and uh, him being an immigrant and having a lot of immigrant clients and how they would really work to help each other and just the benefits of his practice that not only helped him and his family, but has definitely benefited future generations. And so by the time I was 12, I was actually saying I was going to be a CPA, which (laughs) I probably didn't even know what that meant. (laughs) Uh, uh, And uh, really followed that path, uh, you know, going into college, you know, I came from a family of entrepreneurs and, really saw the importance of accounting and truly understanding it. So I started out really in uh, public accounting with KPMG and was an auditor and, you know, have definitely done many pivots in my career. I've taken full advantage of the opportunities that this profession allows us to make changes in our career, but also stay within the profession. So I've, worked in internal audit. I've been a consultant. I've run my own practices. I've been a partner in a CPA firm. And I've also spent a good deal of my time in my career working with tech companies that are serving the accounting space. And 
throughout all of that has really been an educator, speaker, and um, in the last couple of years decided to just go full time into speaking and uh, creating, you know, this online learning for accountants and CPAs and finance professionals, people in professional services really to find ways to incorporate, you know, more mindfulness collaboration into the workplace so that everyone can feel more fulfilled in the work that they do and have enough time for the people that they care about as well outside of work. Oh, um, yeah, that's a interesting, interesting story about starting at 12. Um, <laughs> I, I had a little bit of a similar background. I kind of chose when I was about 17. Um, yeah. And I came at it from a different angle. My parents were both teachers. Matter of fact, they were art teachers. And I really always wanted to learn about business. And so um, anyway, I chose at a really young age and I didn't really know quite what I was getting into. And That's funny. My mom was an art teacher. <laughs> oh, wow. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, you know, I've watched your TEDx talk. And um, I, we'll include a link in, in our blog post to that. But, um, you know, it was really interesting. You were a CPA for partner when you were in your early 30s. And yeah. you you found this, you achieved it. And but you talk about this in your in your talk that once you achieved that, you felt uh, in, a, in a way that you hadn't expected. Uh, yeah. about, tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I think when you set out in your career and you're young choosing your career, I mean, it's kind of crazy how young you are when you're choosing your path for the rest of your life. Uh, you're not really, you know, thinking about what you're doing or questioning it or why you're doing it. You are just driven on that path. And, you know, and if you're a success driven person, you're not really questioning it. You're just working for the next promotion and the next promotion. And that was really a big goal of mine to eventually become a partner. And, you know, I think what really kind of woke me up in that moment was just making sure that this was the right path for me. And, it, you know, I really call it pivoting, not necessarily, you know, making these huge changes. But a lot of times, I think we find in our lives that we get to this moment, something happens that you're like, wait a second, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And, you know, in that moment for me, it was more about, you know, I don't want to lose all this expertise that I have. I enjoy working with clients. I enjoy the purpose behind the work, but is, you know, this the way that I, I want to continue working. And for some people that that question would be answered is yes. For me, I went on a journey of, of how do I start shifting in what I'm doing, but not leave the things that I know and the things that uh, I've worked so hard for as well. And you never lose those accomplishments. I mean, those are always a part of your story, but, you know, really trying to find like, how do you offset, you know, your purpose. And a lot of times, we spend time on our business plans and our business goals and our career goals and so forth, but we don't necessarily 
spend the same amount of time really stepping back and understanding what is our personal purpose in life, what drives us, what fulfills us, and making sure that we understand that helps us with really deciding career direction because any choice we make in our career, we can align back and say, does this align to my personal purpose? And what's hard about that sometimes is there's not someone standing over you to make sure you do that. It's really your own responsibility to check in with yourself, just like you would check in with your manager or your boss, you know, every 30 days or twice a year, or once a year on how you're doing and what's your performance like. Doing those same check-ins with yourself is really important to make sure that you're following the path that you intended, that life's not just happening to you, that you're, you know, designing the life that you want to have. So how did this occur? Like just you made partner. Did you realize it really soon after that? Hey, maybe, maybe I need to check my path. And, you know, how long was this discovery? How long did this discovery take you? And like, what, what happened? I mean, right after, right after you made yeah. it. Well, sure. So, I mean, what happened was I, my partner came in and congratulated me, but then said he was so excited to know who he was going to retire with one day. And I was 32 years old yeah. and that thought of, oh my goodness, like, this is it. I have nothing else to work for. Like that really shook me um, in that moment where I'd always been driving for the next thing. And then I'm like, well, what's the next thing? What am I working toward? And most people, that's what they're working toward is that. And, you know, and they want to stay at that level and do those things. But for me, it was like, oh, is this really what I want to do for the next 30 years yeah. when he made that comment? So I actually had a number of things happening in my life. It was just kind of one of those perfect storms that I had, you know, my second child at the time and he was a preemie and I got sick from the pregnancy as well. So I'm a person that really likes to work out and um, each day and I was not allowed to work out. The only thing I was allowed to do was go to yoga. And that was kind of uh, one of those things where I thought I would never do yoga <laughs> in my yeah. head, um, you know, and it was my only choice. So I started going and realizing how good I felt when I would go there. But I was also noticing it was emotional too, that a lot was coming up for me um, during the yoga practice because you're really, you know, alone with yourself, your mind, things that are coming up for you. And so I started working through that. I actually did another thing that um, type A personalities don't typically, um, you know, volunteer for is to start to go to a therapist is I really needed to unravel what was happening for me and um, having that outside perspective was really important. And I think a lot of times there's a stigma behind going to a therapist and um, and it's important that you have the courage to do it when you need it because, you know, when you're better for yourself, you're better for the people around you. And I needed to make sure that, you know, not only was I going to be good in the workplace, but really good for my family as well. And so it was years of you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's life journey is, you know, you ever become an expert on your life, but, uh, you know, it's constant learning and being more aware. And I think that's the biggest thing that yoga has brought to me. 
um, as well as my own, you know, self discoveries that I have all the time is really that awareness that, you know, when I feel off, uh, you know, to do something about it, not to just allow things to accumulate and um, let life happen is more being more aware of how, you know, my energy is going out in the world, how other people's energy is affecting me, how, you know, I'm showing up in the things that I'm doing. Am I happy with the things that I'm doing? What things would I need to shift to just make little changes in my life? But that's been probably the biggest thing that it's opened up for me is just that self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah, that sounds, well, it definitely had a huge impact on the course of your career. And, um, I would imagine you're much happier now. Is that, is that a fair statement that career wise? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, the, the way that it's affected the course of my career is to the things that I do outside of work as well. Um, making sure that I do limit work where I was working around the clock all the time. And, you know, where now I manage that better and I make sure that, you know, cause no one wants to work. I mean, we, we may work hours like that, but you know, it's very hard to stay consistently happy and not burnt out when you're working too many hours and really figuring out how you're going to properly manage your time and ensure that you're doing the things that you need, not only for your family, but for yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest ahas in it is that, you know, we can feel really guilty when we take time for ourselves because our jobs require, a huge amount of time. And so when we take time for ourselves, we might feel guilty because it's like our family, you know, is like, well, why aren't they home? And, and so forth. So, but when you start showing up better because you are taking time for yourself or reworking your calendar to make sure that you are doing the things that fulfill you, you actually show up better for everybody. But when we steal that time from ourselves, and just give it away, we start building up stress and it just starts steamrolling into yep. everything that we're doing. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I talk with accountants, mostly, most of our clients are retirement aged. So okay. there are a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom in, you know, some of the folks that we talk yeah. with. And, you know, I started noticing years ago that some of the most successful um, practices that we've sold, the the owner or partners take a significant amount of time off. And I mm -hmm. had this I had this one gentleman that um, told me he was going somewhere for four weeks and he was going to be pretty much off the grid for four weeks straight. And I said, "Wow, that's pretty incredible. How do you do that?" And um, he explained to me. He says, "You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be um, a high producer." you need to take time off like a high producer. And yeah. that means you take big blocks of time and you don't work. And um, anyway, I just thought that's pretty impressive. And, you know, um, one of the nice things about my career is, you know, we get to talk to people. We also get to see the numbers and see the results of their business. And so that's been my experience is that, you know, it's something that, um, Actually, the time off can actually help you build your career. It doesn't take away. I think that's the 
a big totally yeah big well and we're one of the only countries that work like this too so you know one of the my last role was a global role and i had teams that reported to me in australia and new zealand and the uk and it was eye-opening they wouldn't even imagine to take less than two weeks off yeah yeah (laughs) you know and you know so i tried it while i was there and i was like wow like you know really you haven't completely you know gotten in vacation mode or detached for probably three or four days so if you come back right away you haven't really fully gotten that break you know and and so really dedicating enough time to that time off and not continue to email and continue to connect while you're away is really important so that you can feel refreshed and renewed and re-energized yeah well, is it is it fair to say that you've developed somewhat of a, a east sweet east meets west philosophy about <laughs> life and work? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so I've, you know, and that's really what the B three method is about. It's uh, it's it symbolizes business plus balance equals bliss, and you know, the book that I wrote and the talks that I've done around that book are really about, you know, how do we take these things that are what I call our natural toolbox. We have all of these uh, ways to de-stress ourselves or to get more present and to feel more connected to the people around us when we take the time to actually practice it. We can't just assume that that happens in our life. We actually have to make an effort to make those little changes in our life, but each little change starts adding up and and starts transforming how we go about things. So um, it's really an important uh, thing for us to do that self-awareness, that self-discovery of how we're going about our life, what things are working, what things are not working as well, and how do we make those shifts to make the needed change so that we feel more fulfilled. Yeah. What's like one simple thing people could do? What's an example of a simple change people could make to kind of start this journey? Well, you know, I talk a lot about time management and, you know, I think, you know, our calendars are so overbooked and no matter if you block time or not, people will book meetings over it. And we have to get better at controlling our calendar that, we are not a slave to whoever puts a meeting on there. And so some of it is some self-awareness, you know, of just really looking at what uh, what are the times of day that we have the most energy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I know when I was younger, I had more energy in the evening and I could uh, go work out after work. And that just doesn't work for me as I've gotten older. My energy is the highest in the morning. So I've actually flipped my calendar to make sure that in the morning, those are the times that I work out. I block that time out so that it doesn't get booked over. It's, an, it's like medicine for me. It's re, it sets me for the day, makes me feel ready. The other thing about it too is I block time to get my own work done. And a lot of times when we do that, people will book meetings and then we go, oh, well, that was just my time I blocked out, so I'll give that time away. But the problem is every time we give that time away, we end up working more hours at night and then we get frustrated and stressed and 
then we might show up to meetings frustrated and stressed because we're not getting the stuff done that we want to get done ourselves. So when we're more intentional about our calendar and and really set those guardrails around it, it can, you know, it's just one small thing that if we really follow it, you know, we can actually make a difference and help ourselves, you know, work less over time and be a little less stressed out. Yep. Yeah, those sound like all really good uh, good tips to get started. Um, it's sometimes easier said than done. I know. Yes. It's uh, yeah, it's progress, not perfection, right? But it's a great. Um, great yeah, and that's why I say it's a practice. Like you can't, you have to be very intentional about doing it. And you know, there might be days it doesn't work out, but for the majority of the days you know, you're the one that can control it versus letting other people control it. And so maybe it's not every day, maybe it's three days of the week or whatever that you plan to do. But if you don't start somewhere and make sure that, that you are taking charge of it, it's never going to happen. Right. So you talk a lot about aligning with your purpose and um, how a lot of people in public accounting and just professionals in general, they do work a lot of long hours. And, you know, as we've just been talking about, your schedule can, um, there's an inertia sometimes. Um, so how does controlling the schedule um, help people get more aligned with their purpose and their, so how does that, you know, how does that connect? Well, so in a couple ways, I mean, one is that, uh, you're either finding outside activities that is going to give you a feeling of fulfillment and that doesn't necessarily have to be exercise. I mean, exercise is something for me that helps my energy level, but for some people that can be knitting, that can be, uh, playing music, that can be painting, that can be taking pictures, whatever that is for you, where your brain completely releases, you start feeling more aligned with who you are. And so you've got to dedicate time to do that um, in order for that to happen. The other way that this can happen, too, is if you start looking at the purpose behind who you want to serve and why. So just because you're in accounting doesn't mean you have to serve just anyone that walks through your door. It can mean that you're more intentional, intentional about the types of clients that you want to attract. So. For instance, with yoga and health and wellness, like that's a real passion area for me. And I feel like, you know, I, I own a yoga studio as well. And the purpose side of owning that studio is everyone that walks in, you know, whether it's for, you know, physical health, mental health, or people that have sickness and are healing, things like that, it's providing that kind of space for people every single day. But as an accountant, how I can merge that purpose in of providing a place of well-being and health and wellness is that I might decide to just focus on, you know, health and wellness type businesses because my work is goes beyond the fact of doing the accounting. It's that I want to be able to help those types of businesses stay open, be able to serve those customers, and more and more people get the benefits 
of what that business offers. And when you can think beyond the numbers and the actual uh, result that you're trying to provide from a holistic place, then you can align it back to if this aligns to your personal purpose of why you do what you do. Interesting. Um, that makes sense. Makes sense. That's great. <laughs> um, so I wanted to find out like, what is your ideal client? Like who is, who are you trying to help? And, um, how do you go about that? Do you do mostly, you said you do a lot of public speaking or mm -hmm. do you work one-on-one -on -one with clients? Like how do you, how do you, um, yeah, so I speak mostly in the accounting profession, finance, uh, legal, a lot of professional services um, where people are struggling with these issues. They're also struggling with technology disruption and so forth. I, I speak on those topics as well of just how to really move through um, these times and do it in a purposeful way and not create more stress and, and how do you better communicate with one another and what are the traits of people as you go through change management and how do you better lead them through these change management processes. So I have found with the work that I do now, I'm still in the profession, I'm doing it in a different way. I write articles um, for Journal of Accountancy and Accounting Today and CPA Practice Advisor as well, where I'm trying to get these messages out from you know a much broader sense to help more people really get in tune with who they are and how that they can move through this and come through it successfully. So not only do I do it with the keynote speaking that I do at conferences, but I also have an online learning program uh, that's on my website. It's um, called the B3 Method Institute. And it's basically an online uh, service that every week a new lesson gets sent to you. It's five to 10 minutes long of something just to do self-discovery and, uh, you know, different topics about, you know, it could be about personal purpose that week and exploring that or finding outside hobbies and interests or actually moving into communication and things like that. So, Every week, it's a small lesson that comes to you, but then a little bit of time for you to explore it, to journal it, and actually be intentional. Set your intention for the week of one thing that you're going to do along this topic so you can kind of practice it and see if it works for you and what works, what doesn't work, what would you do different tomorrow. And then the next week, we send you another lesson to really layer on that learning rather than you just trying to do it all at once. That you know, to really go through the process and, and do that discovery process because it takes time. It's not something you can rush. Yeah, just takes consistent effort. Even small effort would get you closer to it. Yes. Um, next question is like, what do you think, um, you, you mentioned a lot of disruption with technology, but with disruption often comes a lot of opportunities. What do you think are the opportunities that accountants uh, have as a profession right now? Oh, there's so much opportunity. I mean, that's basically what I talk about is, yes, there's disruption, but it's nothing for us to be afraid of, that this is really all opportunity driven, but we do have to take the steps to learn new skills, uh, that it's not going to be, it's not going to look the same as it does today. And it's already changing today with 
the way technology has automated so many tasks already and the way we're able to engage anywhere, anytime onto accounting platforms and get our work done, communicate virtually, have clients anywhere in the world. So there's so many things that it offers us, but the biggest thing that it offers us is really kind of going back to my grandfather that, you know, at the beginning of this profession, when there were no computers, when there wasn't as much regulation as there was, there is today, there was more time to spend with your client and really understand what their issues were and how do you, you know, help them from a holistic level, whether it be their financial goals, their family goals, their personal goals and so forth, and be meeting with them more often than once a year to really discuss those things, keep up with it as they're encountering issues to be able to make shifts and changes in the way that they're going about their business. And what automation does is really bring us back to where we were in the profession of freeing up that time so we can spend more time with our clients rather than behind the computer. Our clients want our time. They yeah. want the conversations. They want to be able to ask the questions. And the one thing that's true about technology is that, you know, that will never take over a human conversation. Um, there are conversations you can have with technology, but the kind of interactions and relationship and um, just caring and feeling that happens from a human level. And whether a computer can spit out numbers to a client or not doesn't mean they understand it, doesn't mean they know how to impact those numbers. And that's really where our uh, ability with our knowledge, those years of expertise that we have built can really change the game. But what's gonna have to change is the way we go about continuing education, that it's not just about keeping up with regulatory, keeping up with technology changes, but it's also about how do we improve our communication skills and our interactions and our relationships and how we analyze numbers and building these new skill sets because we've gotten away from it. And many have gotten away from it, not all, but in order to change with the times, we're going to need a bigger focus on that area. Are you seeing, um, do you think that, that the uh, CPE will be adjusting soon on that? Do you think there's some development with that? Well, I think there's choices in how we take our CPE. There's, you know, um, there's always been learning around communication and relationship building and things like that. It's whether we place the importance ourselves yeah. on that learning. And so it's going to be really important that as you start assessing continuing education, putting proper weight against, you know, what is today that we need to know versus the skills that we need to build into the future. I do a whole talk about soft skills and yeah. um, things to focus on and, and really doing those assessments of ourselves and the people that we work with of what are the soft skills that we're really good at? What are the ones that have opportunities for us that we need to improve and making sure that for each team member, you're aligning their training with uh, the relationship skills they need to build or the analytical skills they need to build. Yeah. Yeah. I know personally, I take probably more, I got, I get a lot of CPE that doesn't count because um, I think in South Carolina, the personal development is limited to eight hours a year. And so, so much of that 
stuff falls into personal development, but, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it's so important, you, you know, I get it regardless of whether or not I can put it on my CPE report. Um, right. Well, so, and I think that's a shift, right? Like it, it's important as getting continuing education is we also have to know what learning we need yeah. too, you know, and making sure that we take time to do that on our own as well, even if we're not getting a continuing education credit. Right. Um, let's talk about books. Um, if you were to recommend one book, um, what would that be? <laughs> oh, there's so many books that I like. Um, and a lot of them are um, yoga books, but I'm, currently reading um, uh, Rising Strong by Brene Brown, um, which is a great book about just being daring and uh, understanding yourself, um, what holds you back, and what things you need to overcome as a person to get to where you want to go. You know, if there's people interested in yoga, uh, there's a book I just finished called The Wisdom of Yoga that is a great book, um, really um, explaining a lot of the lessons that have been around for thousands of years. I mean, these yogis figured stuff out long before there was medicine to prove, um, you know, just the human condition and the ego and all these things that get in our way of moving past disruption and innovation and what kind of armor we need to take down in order to make the shift in our lives. And so that's been a great book as well. Interesting. Um, All right. So one bit of advice. So what's if just one little nugget that you could, uh, or life lesson that you could share with our listeners? Um, You know, it would go back to uh, the, the talk, um, you know, that we started out with, with a TEDx talk, but really just not living a life that people expect you to live, but living a life that you desire and making sure that, you know, it's getting back to that personal purpose that, you know, you're feeling fulfilled in the things that you do and not worrying what other people think, but actually, um, you know, integrating into the things that will make you more fulfilled in your work and your personal life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like listening to yourself, like being aware, like you mentioned awareness being huge and I can definitely Mm -hmm. see that. And, um, yeah, that's something I think maybe comes with age. I I don't know. Yes. Um, (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so well, we'll put some of these links. We'll definitely put these links. Um, your Ted talk is very inspirational. Um, oh, thank you. I really enjoyed watching that. And for all the people listening, uh, we're going to put a link when we post this on the blog, we'll put a link to the Ted talk and I'd highly recommend you check that out. Um, want to leave, um, just how, how's it best for people to connect and follow you? What's your, um, best channel? Yeah, so um, my website is just my name, amyvetter.com, V-E-T-T-E-R. And then uh, on all my social channels, I'm Amy Vetter CPA. So if you want to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, it's all the same. Awesome. 
Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time and insights. And I know our listeners are going to get great value from this. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so that you can get updates when new episodes are released and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. You can also follow Poe Group Advisors on social media. Please visit our website for more information at pogroupadvisors.com.